From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Monday, July 8th, 2019. The NBA um, is in a different place than it was um, this time two weeks ago. Um, and after doing the next podcast yesterday with Jordan Brickman, which I highly recommend, it's a good, it, it, it's a fun listen, I wanted to take a step back and figure out what what's happened here. Because we've had a sea change in basketball. Um, what what has happened here? And what's the state of this league in terms of where we're now going going forward? It's a really interesting question. So I brought on a Bulls fan, Kyle DeManincourt, because Kyle, uh, your team did, did not do much in free agency or the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of knew that last year, but they haven't really had a lot of success lately attracting the big-name free agents during the offseason. I mean, you know, the year when the big three Miami were formed, there was you know, a lot of speculation the Bulls were after all you know, all three of them, pairing with Rose and Noah, when Rose was on a cheaper deal at that time. But we all know the Bulls ended up with Carlos Boozer, and not really the greatest consolation prize. So I knew it would be a quiet you know, offseason for the Bulls. I mean, they, they made their move last Last year when they acquired Otto Porter, um, big chunk of change for his contract. But, I mean, I thought the Bulls actually had a pretty good offseason, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of their better ones in recent years. So, it seems like, like the Knicks, you, you're actually trying to build the right way now compared to going after big names that, that flop out. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the Bulls just realize they realize what they are. I mean, right now they're, they're a meddling, you know, middle-tier team, and that's being generous to probably more of a... They actually are the bottom half, but you know there's still a big market, big city, great you know story franchise. But as you know, the front office has gotten a bad rap over the years, and for good reason. It makes a questionable decision. But I thought you know bringing Thaddeus Young in, the, you know he is a really good addition. Bringing Fado uh, uh, Sadoreski from the Wizards, um, that was a good addition. So I, I think the Bulls, I mean, they're a young team, really young nucleus. They needed some veterans and. Some guys who have been playing for a while with that experience, and Thaddeus Young fits that mold perfectly. And then if you look at their draft, they needed a point guard. I mean, Kobe White, at that, I, I was shocked that we were able to get him at seven. I was, he was a guy I kind of wanted from the start, and I thought for sure he would have went before. So I was really happy we got him. And then, you know, Daniel Gafford in the second round so far has looked pretty good in summer league. So there's some good pieces in Chicago. It's just there's no star power right now. Right. So this is perfect. This is exactly why... Because you also, besides being a Bulls fan, love... You're a next-level NBA watcher to the point where, thankfully, your lovely wife um, is okay with it. And you also have come on this podcast many times and have given us great kind of 300... uh, Sorry, uh, 30,000-feet views that I think some of us who are Knicks fans um, may not be thinking about because we're disappointed about whatever... Um, culturally, what did we see last week? Because I, I, I have a couple of thoughts and theories about last week, but I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, it's definitely the craziest offseason I think we've ever seen, at least in our lifetime. I think that's very fair to say. Yeah. The money, the money that was shelled out those first couple of days was ludicrous. I mean, you're talking the billions. I mean, and things happened really fast. I mean, there was no rest. I mean, I think every time I looked at my phone, Woj was tweeting something about another signing. I and mean, it, it was hard to keep up. It was exciting, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, I was caught up in it. I was 
overwhelmed. I was anxious, happy. You know, there was just a lot of things going on. But I think you're kind of starting to see, at least this year, you know, I say that now, but it looks like we actually have a league where parity may rule this year. I mean, there is no, I don't want to say super team. I mean, there's obviously some guys that teamed up with other superstars and kind of created these, these duos, but there's no Golden State this year. You know, there was no, there's no Miami Big Three this year. So I think this is going to be a really exciting season of basketball in the NBA. I think, you know, it's going to draw in more fans. Now, I'm just not talking about the... The fans like me, the diehard NBA fans, but you're going to get a lot of casual fans who are going to be invested because right now there's no clear-cut winner. Uh, there's a lot of contenders, especially in the West. And there's the best thing about the NBA, there's always drama. And, you know, we feed off drama. We, we tend to flock towards it. And it's the best league when it comes to it's off-season drama. I mean, the personalities are fantastic. Storylines are great. So, I I mean, I think it's great for the league this year. I'm really excited to see what's, what's going to happen. What, um... What I find interesting about this is that, A, we didn't get a lot of these one-in-one deals. We got a lot of three-, four-, five-year deals. Number two, we've got people, I think, wanting to be happy. Look at the Anthony Davis trade. Obviously, this is a new start for him. LeBron gets some pieces he wants. They keep signing these other players, even though they struck out on Kawhi. Um, I think we still don't understand Kawhi. But I think with everybody else, this was an off-season about being happy or trying to be happy or orchestrating a trade or orchestrating where you want to go, maybe more than other years. It, 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 it's a fascinating concept to me as to why some of this stuff happened. I, I'm, I'm not sure you can put this in, into words easily, but I, I just feel like more than super teams, more than parity, this was an off-season of KD wants to go to a place that, that you know, wants to be closer to his business empire and wants to go to, um, you know, Brooklyn, play with Kyrie, stable franchise. Kyrie goes home. That's good. Kemba goes to a place where he can be a, maybe a stabilizing force in what was an unsteady environment. Clay stays attached to um, Steph. Porzingis re-ups in a place that was more than happy to get him. Jimmy Butler gets the sign-in trade that gets him out of Philly and into Miami. Tobias Harris re-ups with um, Philly because they wanted him and he wanted to be there. Chris Middleton wanted to be there, re-ups. And you go down this list... And I almost feel like it's either great fit, like a J.J. Redick, or it's happiness. It's not so much get me bleeping paid or, you know, teaming up with whatever. I, I just feel like this was the happiness free agency. Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen is that this is a players-run league. These guys, the a player-driven league, and they have more power in this league than in any other league in sports. And, and this is exactly what they wanted in the last CBA. This is what they bargained for. They wanted the power. You know, they wanted the ability to, to say where they wanted to go. And I, I don't think we've seen that better than we have this than we have this offseason. I mean, they're, like you said, it is happening. There's a lot of guys that want a lot of money shelled up. I mean, we're on a lot of high contracts. But, I mean, Kawhi Leonard took, what, $40 million left to go home? Yeah. Could have got paid a lot more with Toronto if he stayed. I mean, there were a lot of guys, I think Durant and Kyrie, it took a little bit shy of the max because they wanted their buddy DeAndre Jordan. So I, I think, if you're right, there is a lot of happiness factor. I think 
you know, when it comes to Durant, he kind of wanted to, I think he was upset about the whole injury thing last year, too, with the trust with Golden State. And I think he, the brand, obviously brand has a lot to do with all these guys, but I think he kind of just wanted to make his own name on a franchise that's, you know, dying for a championship. Kyrie Irving, his time was up in Boston last year. We all saw that, and he's good friends with Kevin Durant. He's probably been recruiting him for a while. Um, so it's a players-run league, player-driven league, and obviously tampering is another you know, controversial subject that's going to be talked about because, look, I mean, the NBA can talk all they want about this tampering, and uh, there's not just any tampering, but let's be honest, these guys have been talking with each other for how long? I mean, there's there's been tampering going on for quite some time. Now, even with Kawhi Leonard secretly talking to Paul George and Paul George requesting a trade, I mean, that came out of nowhere. I, I did not envision Paul George being on the table at all. I, no. I thought maybe Kawhi would team up with Bradley Beal, somehow get Beal from Washington. I didn't see Paul George. So, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects of moving pieces this year. And you're right, play, players hold all the cards. And it's what they wanted. It's what the owners granted them. You know, for better or for, world, for worse, this is the NBA landscape. Talking to kind of the man and quarterback, what we've seen last week and into this week with free agency. All right. Um, I forget what team it is and help me. Uh, and I apologize for not having this research done before. There was a great tampering example that somebody threw out last week. I think it was Rachel Nichols. That how would you not know blank was happening because they drafted blank in the draft and it just made sense. I forget what team it was. Maybe you'll remember this. Um, but it's But it's clear that people were talking. Um, would you put free agency before the draft? Would you reorder how the offseason is done in the NBA? I think they have to. I think not just so much for the tampering, but if, I mean, if you look at the draft, how many of those kids were wearing hats of teams that they weren't actually going to be a part of? Yes, I mean, which is um, very awkward. From a, just a, a simple, you know, perspective of watching as a viewer, you're like, all right, wait, this guy actually on this team or is he part of a larger tray. I mean, it just was a bad look. And, and I love the draft. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite events. I, I, I you know, read all the analysis. I'm on there 24-7 checking everything out. But it was a bad look. I mean, you have a lot of moving parts. It's really, especially this year with all the trades and the draft, it was really hard to keep track of. And it just was a bad look for the NBA. They need to figure out the timeline. Um, I mean, if I'm the NBA personally, wouldn't you rather have free agency first and then go into the draft, you know, figuring out why if this is what I need, I'm going to draft accordingly. And then you can make the proper trades and there's no, you know, hack changing or weird interviews for these kids. These are kids that are being put on the spot, not even knowing where they might even be going. It's a weird look. And furthermore, you've also got this situation where, um, You've got, not only do you have people put on the wrong hats, and that's awkward to begin with, right? But A, as you said, it's hard for fans to follow. But B, you would then be making trades. I actually think the draft trade market would become better and become more exciting because now you're trading on what you already know versus what you hope. So we hope that we're getting Kawhi Leonard. So let's draft this dude to put him with him. Well, now I know for a fact I did not get Kawhi Leonard, so I need to go now in a totally different direction because that's not the guy that I need. And I think that's where some of the tampering comes from, Kyle, because it's that, hmm, let me call this person up. Yes, hi, um, 
agent, you know, wife of the agent. Have you heard if your if your husband's uh, client wants to come to the Knicks? Oh, he's not. Okay, we'll go draft these people. Thank you. Like, there's something just amiss here in how this is done, where I feel like you want to draft on need versus on hope. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, look, they could still do the lottery before free agency. They, you know, they have to do that. But I think, as a, you know, if I were running a team, obviously I'm not. But, I mean, if I were, I personally would rather have free agency first and then go into the draft saying, all right, look, I can get this rookie on a cheap rookie deal. All right, I got, you know, a second-round pick. I'm going to get this guy on an even cheaper deal. And you can kind of fill in your roster accordingly. Now, I mean, free agency can obviously still be going on as that draft is taking place and afterward. But... You know, if I'm a team, I, I think I'd rather know ahead of time, all right, this is my team going into this draft. Now I can I can fill the needs accordingly. Yeah, talking to Kyle DeManicor here. Were you surprised that there were not more one-on-ones? The Knicks obviously did a lot, but that makes sense. They're a rebuilding franchise. A lot of the big names went for these four- or five-year deals. A, what was the impact of Kevin Durant's injury? B, were you surprised how many got these deals. Obviously, there's options, but this whole LeBron or KD one-on-one, let's play it by ear as we go along, that seems to be done with the big names for now. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I mean, obviously, it's a disappointment if you're the Knicks, and, you know, I know you're a Knicks fan. It's, it's tough. I mean, they were, they struck out for a while now, and they've had all this money, and you look, it's, it's New York. I mean, who doesn't want to come to New York, right? And now, they're playing second fiddle to Brooklyn, which obviously doesn't look look good for from the optics standpoint for the Knicks. But I don't know how much James Dolan plays into that. I think there are probably players that just don't want to be around that atmosphere. I totally get that. But I don't think it was as bad as people were making it out to be. You know, from their free agent signings, I think they did get some pretty good young players. I mean, they're a very I agree. Deep team. very very deep team. They're a young team. You know, they can build around and develop some of these guys and. If you look at a lot of their deals, that second year, I don't believe, I think a lot of those second years aren't guaranteed or they're team options. So they, right. they gave themselves flexibility while also, while also still acquiring some good young talent. Yeah, it's really, I, 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 I like what they did. I think they actually went about this the right way. Giving Julius Randle three years made sense. Everybody else one-on-ones I think made a lot of sense. Where are you when it comes to LeBron and his influence? Um, obviously, he wanted Anthony Davis there, and he waived his trade kicker, and he may have made that money up on Space Jam. That's a sentence I'm not sure I would have uttered in the NBA two weeks yeah. ago. Um, and this is, I think, part of this cultural change, right? It's, you know, Antonio Brown asking for a trade with two years left on his deal. Anthony Davis did it, right? We're seeing this more in sports players trying to drive this, where movies and outside businesses can make up for what you lose or gain, sorry, sorry, lose by going somewhere else or taking less money. What's your take? And, and, and then there was that report that a bunch of other people he asked to be in Space Jam said no. Steph Curry said he was asked, would have done it, but his schedule precluded him. Um, because of the uh, tours he makes of Asia every summer. Um, what's your sense of LeBron and his influence? Because I look at this Lakers squad, and they've got some nice players, but I'm not sure it's enough. Uh, Kawhi would have been enough, but I'm, not, but I'm not sure this is enough. Where do you view LeBron? Well, I mean, he's, he's 
the most powerful broker in NBA, you know, NBA history as far as player goes. I mean, we've never seen a player in sports, in my opinion, that's had this kind of power, this kind of leverage um, throughout the league. I mean, if you if you look at it, what three four months ago, did you ever think Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers was even a remote possibility? I mean, no chance. Like this is even before they got AD. No chance. You know, would I have ever pictured Kawhi as a Laker? But I mean, the influence of LeBron and his brand and his ability to pull players in. I mean, he's done it his entire career. If you look at the guys he's played with, played with Dwayne Wade, he's played with Chris Bosh, he's played with Kyrie and Kevin Love, now he's playing with Anthony Davis. I mean, there's some star-studded Hall of Fame players that he's been able to, to navigate and to pull in to play with them. But, but, he did not get Kawhi. He did not he get did not. Kyrie. Yeah, and that speaks to, to how Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi's a different a different animal, man. He's right. A different breed. He's a different breed, and it's it's really refreshing. Don't you? I'm, I mean, I'm so so glad. Oh, totally. So glad that he didn't join the Lakers. No, it makes it more interesting. It makes the West wide open. I'm just wondering if if LeBron's influence may be waning in that he did not get the other big piece. Everybody was waiting for the other shoe to drop with the Lakers. It never came. It came with DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo. No offense to them, but that's not going to win you a championship. I'm just wondering if his influence has waned a bit since its height. I mean, there, there's definitely some truth to that. I mean, there's been talk the past couple of years that players don't want to play with LeBron. I mean, look at right. last year. They couldn't get Paul George to come home to play with LeBron. He chose to stay in Oklahoma City. But yet now, he leaves Oklahoma City to go back home to play with Kawhi Leonard. So I think there's definitely some truth that some guys around the league probably don't want to play with LeBron. He's the center of attention. We've seen what he can do to some teammates, especially in the media. I mean, he gets the coach fired literally everywhere he goes except for Miami, but that was because Wade was already in place and Pat Riley was running the show. But, I mean, I, you know, he's still probably the most powerful player, you know, in the NBA in sports, and he's still going to have that pull, and he can, he can offer these endorsements and brand and you know, media different things that make some money in mean, Space Jam. I mean, Anthony Davis did not take his $4 million trade signing, his bonus, his kicker, probably on the assumption that A, they were going to get Kawhi, and B, he's just going to make that up somewhere else. And guess what? Like you said, it's Space Jam too. he's going to be in. So LeBron has the power. Why do you think he went to the Lakers? I mean, that wasn't a basketball decision. I mean, it was clearly a financial decision. Where's your head at? This is the, this is the next thing that I think is interesting. And we're talking to Condor Manicor about where the NBA is now from 30,000 feet. What right now is the one superstar that, and, and let's see if you have the same name that comes up that I have, that we sit here today on July 8th, and I wonder, I have no idea what he's going to do and if he's going to be happy with what their offseason is. Who do you think that is? that I'm thinking of. So, like, one superstar that had changed teams? Or no, no. Superstar? One superstar that was not that was not a free agent, did not ask for a trade, whatever, still with his team, and maybe sitting here today wondering, hmm, I'm not quite sure what happened here. I mean, it has to be Russell Westbrook, right? I mean, I... No. I was thinking of Giannis. We will get to Westbrook, because that's a fascinating subject, and what Kawhi did here is fascinating. But... For me, it's Giannis. I do not understand if you are Milwaukee, why you let Malcolm Brogdon go. I get that it's a lot of money, but aren't you trying to wine and dine him to impress him to stay? 
No, I agree with that. They, I mean, I, I think Brogdon is an important piece, and he covered up for a lot of Bledsoe's deficiencies. But, I mean, if I'm Giannis, the way I'm at least looking at looking at it right now is, look, we were the, the best team in basketball last year during the regular season. We struggled a little bit during the playoffs, but, you know, we're pretty much bringing the majority of the same team back. You know, we re-signed Brooke Lopez. We got his brother Robin to the bench. You know, we got Middleton back. They just signed Giannis's brother to a two-year deal, probably just to try to make him happy. <laughs> um, but, I mean, and, and if you look at the East, there's no Kawhi Leonard anymore. I mean, the East, yes, Philly got better, but I, I'm looking at it as this is already a two-team race in the East. I mean, if you're Giannis, you're just like, all right, we learned from last year. I got to get better as a player because there are a lot of areas he needs to improve on. Still probably the best in the league right now overall, but, but I put Kawhi there. But, I mean, Giannis is such a great two-way player, but he needs to improve his shooting. So I think it was great experience for Milwaukee. So that's the only reason I wouldn't say Giannis is that they're still in a really good position this year to go out and, and make a you know a finals appearance. I just I I don't know. I'm I'm with you that they're bringing most of the team back besides Brogdon and obviously Bledsoe needs to pick it up and 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 crunch time. I'm I'm just very curious as to what this is and and I think. He's going to get a lot of suitors and a lot of sexy places. Milwaukee is not sexy on paper, but if he likes the culture and likes the people, um, then, you know, I think he might stay. Next up is the Warriors, who signed D'Angelo Russell, and I talked about this yesterday with Jordan Brickman, in a deal that may not be um, the right basketball fit, maybe trade bait, maybe just somebody to take the pressure off Steph and Draymond. Where do you fall? Because Clay's going to be at the latter end of that five to seven month ACO tear um, recovery. Not in terms of, of, of the Russell signing, but just in general. Steve Kerr told Rachel Nichols after uh, the NBA Finals, we need a year off. And I've always felt that the best thing that ever happened to the Lakers was missing the playoffs. It gave LeBron time to actually rest for once. Where are you on this because in golf, we talk about this all the time. Who's the next big star? Oh, wait, they've been supplanted by somebody else. What's a dynasty anymore in sports? You know, you know, we know that UConn women's basketballers, we know that the U.S. women's national team is, we know the Patriots are a dynasty. But wait, did the Super Bowl loss that they just had to the Eagles before this last one, did that end the dynasty and then was it restart? All this confusing sports talk. Where are you with the Warriors overall right now? Well, obviously, they took a hit, you know, no doubt about it, in the finals with Durant getting hurt, and then obviously a huge blow with Clay going down. But, you know, the whole notion of taking a year off, I don't think that's in their vocabulary. I think that's just Steve Kerr trying to mitigate concerns and trying to just not, you know, stress anyone out or panic the team. I thought, you know, obviously losing Durant is a tough blow, but look, they're going to be in a new arena this year there's no way that front office is going to just let them fall off the face of the earth. I mean, they know how important this year alone is. You can't waste another, you know, a year of Steph Curry in his prime. Still have Draymond Green. I thought they regrouped for the most part pretty well considering their cap limitations. I mean, they really didn't have a lot of flexibility financially. You know, Clay will be back, you know, at some point. D'Angelo Russell, it's a weird fit, but... I don't know if they're going to keep D'Angelo Russell the entire season. I mean, I, I would not be surprised, depending how where they are come December, January, if he's not a major piece at the trade deadline. Because, I mean, they can accrue multiple assets as long as he's still playing at a high level. You know, I've heard Minnesota's name talked about. He was targeted to go there potentially as a free agent. 
I've heard Robert Covington's name thrown around. He's a really good player. You know, they, they've got some under-the-radar moves. Uh, I, I'm glad they re-signed Kevin Looney. I thought that was a, a fantastic signing. Willie Cauley-Stein, not many people probably heard of him because he was playing in Sacramento, but he's, he's a younger DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, he's not as dominant. He can't score like Cousins, but he's, he's a pretty good pick-and-roll player. He defends the rim really well. So considering their limitations financially, I thought they did well. I mean, it was a, it was a shock to see Iggy get traded, but again, cap reasons, I think Iggy kind of burned the bridge a little bit with what he said in the media about the injury. I think it's stupid to write off Golden State, to be honest. I don't think they're going to be a top two, three team. But that's, I tell you what, that is not a team I'm going to want to face in the playoffs. Why is no one talking about Denver? I think Denver's just what? sitting there <laughs> smiling, going, we're in great shape here. And they just added somebody. I mean, Denver and Houston, no one's, no one's talked. There's continuity there, and regardless of what you want to say about Houston and their aging and there's internal fractions going on and no one can put it hard in, they're still a good team. I mean, that, this is a team that for a couple of years was the closest threat to, to knocking off Golden State. And they're bringing back really the same team, assuming, you know, good health for Paul and everything, and they can get their, you know, their act together inside the locker room. But them in Denver, I mean, I, I don't think they're getting the respect that do just simply because they didn't make any flashy moves. I thought Denver sneaky draft pick with Bull Bull if he can you know give you some quality minutes. But I think huge underrated move today trading for Jeremy Grant. I mean Jeremy Grant's a really good player. Uh, I don't understand how they they pretty much stole him in my opinion. Yeah, a team in the Thunder that are just trying to essentially get every asset possible. Uh, I think Denver is definitely a team you don't want to sleep on. I could ease. I actually told the buddy today. I. I think they're going to come out, at least in the regular season, as the one or two seed in the West. I really do. Playoffs could be a different story because of the star power, but they're young, they're deep, they have experience now, and if Jamal Murray can make that, you know, another leap, they're going to be really tough to be. And don't sleep on Denver going out and getting a Bradley Beal at the deadline or something. I mean, they have the assets. They can go do it. It's... uh it's very interesting that I think this opens the door for a lot of teams, the Jazz, the Nuggets, etc., who may not have seen themselves as possible contenders to have an active trade deadline um, and try to make that one move to get themselves there. That brings us to Russell Westbrook, who's sitting in Oklahoma City wondering, hmm, I wonder what my future is here now. You just traded my partner in crime. He showed up at my party and committed to Oklahoma City. Now he wanted a trade. Whoops. I, I, does, uh, Jordan Brickman doubts anybody wants Russell Westbrook. What's your take on where he goes and if he could help somebody? Because now this is a fascinating cultural scenario. You have a guy who's so good, yet so polarizing. Where does he fit? But, oh, by the way, you can shake the balance of power in the entire league by where he goes because of how talented he is. I mean, I almost agree with Jordan. I think, I don't know who wants to play with Russell Westbrook. We all thought George Westbrook was a perfect marriage, right? I don't know, you know, what had happened, you know, all of a sudden. But if you look at Russ's career, guys leave him. I mean, everywhere he goes, guys, talented superstar players leave. And I, I think it's his inability to adjust his game with another superstar. I think, and I say this, I've been saying this for years, I think Russ, great motor, high energy player. I think he's the biggest step stuffer in basketball. 
Uh, by that I mean I think the guy just genuinely tries to pad his stats at the expense of efficiency. Uh, he's a very low efficient scorer. I mean, look at last year. His numbers were down across the board. You know, percentages. His free throw shooting was abysmal. He's terrible from the three-point line. Sometimes he plays too fast that it just causes these crazy, unnecessary turnovers. So I think, and I don't know how he's in the locker room. He's a big ego, strong personality. He's got a lot of fight to him. He's kind of, you know, a pit bull, which is great. But I don't know where he fits. Um, I don't understand why Miami, I get what Miami wants to potentially take a flyer, but I, I don't know how him and Butler, to me, that's just like, it's like World War Three right there. I mean, those two guys with those egos and personalities, that's a weird fit. You know, the Knicks, I don't think the Knicks should make a play. I don't. I think the Knicks should stay pat. Keep your assets for right now and eventually go after a bigger fish. I don't think Westbrook is the answer. I think the Knicks personally should make a run at Kyle Lowry. I think they can get Lowry on the cheap. He doesn't have a crazy contract that Westbrook carries with him. He's not a cancer in the locker room necessarily. You know, he's not a pain in the, on, you know, on the floor. He's a high-character guy. So I don't know where Westbrook fits. I mean, I... It's a very good question, and I, I wish I had some kind of answer, but I don't. All right, so closing up this podcast, uh, first of all, is there anything else you want to say just um, in general on what we've seen the last couple weeks that we haven't brought up here? I mean, I'm just really glad that we're going to have some, some pretty good parity you know, this year. I really just I pray that everyone stays healthy. There's no major injuries. You know, I... I'm excited to see the balance of power and the shift. I'm excited for some of these younger teams to see what they look like, you know, see what R.J. Barrett does, see what the Pelicans do, see what my Bulls do. And there's some young teams you're going to get to finally see come out and hopefully make a little bit of a jump. And, and obviously the Western Conference, I mean, assuming good health through, those playoffs are going to be – we thought this year was pretty good. Just wait. I mean, next year's playoffs could be fantastic. They're, they could be one of the best in history. Final thing, right now, sitting here right now this second at 5.20 p.m. Eastern Time, July 8th, your NBA Finals is? I have the Clippers coming from the West. And, uh, I mean, truly, it's early, but I, I like the Sixers. I just really like, I know they don't have a closer right now, but, man, I, li- I like what they did in the offseason a lot. I think they edged the box and they get into the Finals. Putting a lot of trust in Ben Simmons developing. A lot of trust, and again, who knows with him? Philly may get bold again and may shop him at some point and deal him. So I just like pieces that Philly has right now. Uh, Kyle, thanks for doing this. I've never done a thirty thousand feet podcast before, but I kind of liked this. This whole stretch has been crazy, and we didn't even talk about the guy whose first name starts with Z, and the impact he'll have on New Orleans and making that team, you yeah. know, instant uh, commodities. I appreciate you wanting to talk 30,000 feet because this has been a really fascinating week. Hey, anytime, Jeremy. I appreciate you having me. And thank you, f- folks, for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.